It's been a couple of years, hasn't it, which has been a bit odd. Um, it's, been a, it's been a tough time for many of us, I know, and we always have this feeling and expectation that Christmas is like the end goal of the year. I don't know about you, but um, this year especially, it's been like this, hasn't it? The, uh, the, the, the movement towards Christmas has been, can I, can't I? Maybe I could, maybe I can't. Should I come tonight? Should I come? Should I not go? And, and there's been uncertainty. And yet I think the whole world, the whole of, well, at least the UK, looks towards Christmas as like the, oh, the time where you can relax, the time where things pause and we just get a chance to breathe a little bit. And for us as a church, um, we, we, we're in the flow of that. We, we, we're looking forward to you know, a bit of a Christmas break from work or school. And, but at the same time, we're here to celebrate something much greater than just a few days rest. We're here to celebrate something which is a much greater than the chance to you know, have time with family and friends. And we trust that will still happen this year. And we're expect, expectant of good news. We're expectant of having a time with our friends and family. And this Christmas season is one where I think we all are looking forward to something more. The reading which the guys on the video gave to us was from Luke 2, verse 10. And it's the angels uh, speaking to the shepherds and declaring that there is great good news of great joy that will be for all people. Great news, good news of great joy for all people. I, I'm looking forward to some good news. Um, I don't know about you. There's a lot of bad news going around at the moment. Um, and this year, especially, we want to just lift up, and I want to spend a bit of time just telling you what that good news is, what this great joy is, and that this is for all people. So let me just start with, what is this good news? What is this good news of great joy? Um, it says in that passage we read in Luke that there is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this good news is great joy because, firstly, God says in his word that this meets our greatest need. I don't know if you've ever been in need before. Um, in about a few moments' time, a few minutes, my stomach's going to start rumbling. And I'm going to start thinking about my next meal. That's kind of what's on my mind most of the time. Um, but, you know, we're very good at meeting our needs, aren't we? If we're thirsty, we'll go get a cup of water or a tea or a coffee. If we're hungry, we'll go grab a mince pie or some roast turkey sandwich or whatever else is feeling like we want to get into our tummies. We're very good at meeting our needs. And the thing is, with us as human beings, we can meet our needs, can't we? We're to a, to a limit, to an extent. But God, in his goodness, realizes, and we must realize this as well, that we can't meet every single bit of our needs. There is something that God has to give us that we cannot meet on our own. There is a deeper need beyond just what this physical world can offer us. Many of us, we're looking, yes, physically to look after our needs. We're looking emotionally to meet our needs. In relationships and friendships, we're seeking after meaning and purpose and life and peace. And if we try and you've lived long enough, um, you might realize that some of those things we're aiming for and going for and trying to find 
in the various things in our work, in our families, in our friendships, in our relationships. But God knows and intervenes and says, you can't meet those needs on your own. And that is why he sent Jesus at Christmas time, because there is a deeper need beyond what we can gain and what we can try and find in this life. Jesus says that he came to save the Son of God, the one who, is crea- who created the whole universe, was sent from heaven to earth into our world to rescue us on a mission, to meet a need that we could never meet ourselves. It says this in Matthew 1, 21. Again, it says, Mary will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of humanity has a need. We have a need to be connected to, our, to the God that created us. We have a need to be in relationship with him. Whether you know it or not, um, you are created in love by God in heaven. And it's our sin, it's our failings, what we have done wrong, which separates us from him. And we can't get rid of that. We can try and scrub ourselves, we can try to do as hard as we can to do what is right, but yet we will always fail and do something that doesn't meet that perfect standard that God requires of us. So God initiates. He doesn't just stay in heaven. He comes and says, you can't meet that need. I will come and meet that for you. And that is why he enters into the world. He enters into the world. Not, he didn't shout from heaven saying, something's wrong, something's wrong. He chooses to enter into humanity, enter into our world 2,020 years ago. And he's on a mission to rescue. He's on a mission to save, forgive, and restore our relationships with God the Father. It's funny, isn't it, that um, I can say this simply, but you can meet Jesus today. You can meet him because what he does, he offers and intervenes, initiates, not just into other people's lives, but into your life. He offers life and life to the full. And maybe today, God is initiating that start of that journey with you today. So the first thing that what the Bible Christmas story tells us is that God's good news of great joy is there to meet our deepest needs. The second thing, the second thing it teaches us is that this news is great joy because it reveals who God is. It says in reading again that the shepherds will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to meet royalty. Um, I was working in a project, a redevelopment project for a a theatre down in Croydon in London. And one of the patrons of this theatre was um, Prince Edward. And if you don't know your royalty, he's um, the youngest son of of the current queen. Um, So I had the chance. It It was a pretty amazing experience when you think about it because... We were always told that a special visitor is coming, and a few weeks later we found out that it was, um, you know, one of the royal family's uh, members. And when we got to, you know, the, the, it was mid of a building site, so it wasn't a very pretty place to invite a royal person to. But we, we were there. We, we decided to not wear sight boots and hard hats. We decided to wear, you know, a suit and a tie. And someone came along, one of their, um, I don't know what you call them, I'm going to say servant, but that's wrong. One of their, their, the people who come, entourage, who comes along at the beginning and tells you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And he told us you can call him your royal highness, and after that you can call him sir, and then you can do a head bow, or you can curtsy. Um, 
and, and you know, all the etiquette that follows when a royal person is in your presence. And Prince Edward was, was lovely, he was genuine, he was interested in what we did in terms of architecture and engineering. And, um, you know, the anticipation in the room was, was almost like, oh, his car's coming. Oh, he's entering, he's going around the room now, he's, he's, in, he's shaking people's hands. And there was an anticipation in terms of meeting royalty. And when I think about it, and I looked it up because I had to, He's 14th in the line to the throne. There's been a few more babies, I think, actually, since when I met him. He would think he was 12th before, but now a few more babies have come along since then. Um, he's 14th in the line to the throne. But one of the things that Christmas teaches us and tells us is that the baby who comes, the baby who arrives in a manger, is no less than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, royalty of heaven, royalty of the universe, the highest of highest, the Lord of Lords, is the one who enters into humanity and is placed in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. And that tells us something about who God is. That tells us about his character, his nature. And Christmas tells us that his birth, firstly, was one which was humble, this is how God chooses to come to us. Not in a royal crib of gold with purple robes and a Gucci onesie. He chooses to come to us, born to two teenage um, parents, laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals because there was no room for them in the inn. That is a choice that God ordained for his son, the son of God, to come, born into poverty amongst animals. And that picture that we get at Christmas is a trajectory of how Jesus would live his life. One of humility, one of servanthood, one where he would go, uh, and no one, would, no one predicted this. The, the Jewish people at the time thought that this king would come, and he would rule, and he would reign, and he would swipe away the Romans, and he would be victorious in the physical worlds and the physical realms, but instead he chooses to serve. He chooses to befriend prostitutes, to defend the brokenhearted, the downcast, the lepers, those whom the world rejected. That is who the God of the universe is. He heals the sick, lifts up the broken, and restores lives. But not only in how he lives does he show us who God is, in the way that he died also shows us the love of God in his sacrifice. No one would expect the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to lay down his life, to stand a trial for crimes he did not commit, innocent but beaten and broken, hung on a cross. And it reminds us of our need again, that why did he do that? He did it to bear our sin and our shame the price that we could not pay for our rebellion. It says this in Romans 5, 8, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you, and he died for me, and he died that you may find life in him. But the wonderful news is that baby born in a manger, destined to live a life, to serve us and to serve this world, did not just die, but he is risen, and he is exalted, and he is victorious. And this baby we worship 
this baby who came at Christmas, we now see as the risen King of kings and Lord of lords, conqueror of death, born that all men may have life. It's one of the hymns that we sang earlier. Born to raise from second birth, born that we may have life and true life in him. If you want to know what God is like, you only have to look at Jesus. Look at his life. Read about him in the Gospels. Hear about him this Christmas time. And consider, is this God, the God that, I am, is in my, that I've painted a picture in my mind? Or is this God someone that I can know and befriend? I doubt that um, Prince Edward would remember me. I'm not expecting to get a phone call in the next few days inviting me to, um, is it Balmoral they go to for their Christmas, Christmas lunch? I'm not expecting that. Um, who am I? But what I do know is that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords Jesus, knows me. That is what I am certain of. He knows you, each one of you, by name. He knows each one of you, and he chooses, he chooses you to know him as well. The promise is, for all of us who put our trust in Jesus, is that he will never leave us or forsake us. That you come, become adopted as a son or as a daughter into his kingdom, and that you are welcomed in. That is who our God is. But that's not the end of the good news. The good news of great joy is this. It is for all peoples. All peoples. Not just a few. Not because you're rich enough. Not because you're white enough. Not because you're black enough. Not because you're Chinese enough. Not because whatever it is that you would place as placing you in a different category. It is for all people at all times. The good news 2,000 years ago in Israel is good news for you today. And I think just tonight, as we've kind of seen the different expressions of worship, the different expressions in terms of how we've read in different languages, that's been intentional. It really has been intentional because we want you to know that this Christ, this God, um, is for every single language, every single people group, every single culture, race, background. And people have responded to that welcome, to that invitation in different languages, in different songs, in different expressions. Isn't it beautiful that, I don't know, in, in, when I was um, living in, in Hong Kong and in, in Asia a few years ago, it's very much, or, and maybe you've experienced this in other cultures, it's almost like Christianity seems like the Western religion coming over to the East. But actually, when you think about it, it all started in the Middle East, right in the middle, and it has gone from that place, that single um, back of street, Bethlehem town, where two teenagers in a stable, and the Son of God came into the earth, came to earth, and from that place, from that one single place, the good news of Jesus has spread. It has gone out to every single continent, country. It's going out to every single place in the world. And people are responding. A few years ago, um, in 2017, I had the opportunity to go to Cambodia with my family. And in that place, we went over Christmas time. So um, I'm not sure if you've ever spent Christmas outside of your normal habits, your normal routines. Um, I, I, 
It was one of those ones where I was eating curry for Christmas lunch instead of a turkey. And um, it was amazing because we were in Cambodia. We were visiting um, some of our friends and partners in Phnom Penh. And we traveled to rural areas as well in, in Cambodia in, to a place called Barai, which is midway between Siem Reap, if you know your geography, and, 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 um, and Phnom Penh. And we had the opportunity on Christmas, on New, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to deliver food parcels to local villages and, and churches and just help them kind of um, tell people about the good news of Jesus in their culture. And it was a totally different culture to here in UK. It was a totally different temperature to what I would experience normally on, in, in December. Um, it was a, there were no Christmas jumpers. There was no turkey. There was no Queen's speech at 3 p.m. All my usual traditions were out the window. But yet, I remember standing um, and, and just giving, uh, giving a short message at a church in, in rural Cambodia and looking out like a group like this, to a number of um, Cambodian peoples and children, men, women, and children. And it just struck me that each of these people are in church because they have encountered the person of Jesus Christ for themselves. It isn't tradition. It isn't just you go to church because of this or that. No, this is a totally different culture where they have heard the good news of Jesus and they have responded in a personal way they have, they have had experienced God's love, his forgiveness, his joy, his peace that he offers, and their lives are forever transformed. They have experienced hope in this life. They have experienced God's story entering into their story and changing their direction for the rest of their lives. And this is the wonderful thing that invitation, that experience is not just for a few. It is for all people. And if you're in this room tonight, and you may have gone to many Christmas uh, services, you may have heard these readings a thousand times in your childhood through to whatever age you are now. The invitation to you this Christmas is that it's not just a story. It can be your story too. The God of this universe wants to intersect your life with his story and his joy, and his hope. It's very good to be able to just hear these wonderful children singing about it, and, and our bands, and, and, and seeing kind of the festivities, and saying that's good news. It sounds like good news for them. But actually, the Bible says, and God's invitation is that you also are invited to experience that good news of great joy. You are invited as well. Can this good news be for you? Yes, it can. And because Jesus is alive, because tonight there is royalty in this room, we believe that God, Jesus, he is risen, he's not dead, he is risen and alive, and this is why Jesus came, so that you can, he can meet your deepest needs, so that you can know who God is as a loving father, and that his invitation is to you tonight to respond and to know him and to let your story intertwine with his. So how can you receive this good news of great joy? One simple word. Faith. Faith is what God asks of us. When you hear this good news of Jesus, when you hear that it's available for you, you can choose to respond. You can choose to say, that's interesting. 
you can choose to say, wow, that is good news. I want that. And what's required of you is to take a step of faith, to reach out as God is reaching out to you tonight and to put your trust into him. And what Jesus says, and this is promised to us, that when we put our trust and say, Jesus, I want that good news of great joy for me. I want to receive you. Well, that, what happens is that we automatically at that point get transferred from darkness into light, from hopelessness into hope, from happiness into everlasting joy. That is what God offers to you tonight. Wherever you are in your relationship with Jesus, wherever you are right now, whether you've been coming to church for many years, maybe you could, if you're a Christian tonight, wonder again, just as I have been doing tonight, on the majesty and amazement of who Jesus is. But if you're here tonight and you've never responded to Jesus, my invitation to you is not to brush it off, but to ask yourself and to choose tonight, is this good news for me? And my resounding answer will be yes, this is good news for you that you can receive tonight too. Requires a step of faith to say, yes, Jesus, I want to respond. So would you, maybe we can take the opportunity tonight, just the band comes up also, that we can choose to respond tonight. And it's a personal thing. We're not asking you to do anything outlandish or crazy. We're asking you, this is your moment with Jesus. If you want to receive Jesus as that baby born in the manger, born for you, born that you may know God, born that you may know joy, born that you may know hope and peace, then you can respond simply by, maybe if you want to respond, maybe you can just close your eyes and you can just follow these words that I'm going to pray a prayer for. So if you want to respond to Jesus tonight, maybe you can just follow these words. Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming to this world. I recognize that you are the God who saves. And I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. But I thank you that you came to forgive. Would you come into my life tonight? Thank you that I can call you my Lord. Thank you that you offer me life, life to the full. I thank you that you've forgiven all of my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.